0: Welcome to Old Treasures Made New, your devotional podcast on the go or at home, where we read the scriptures and reflect on them with those from the past. Today we'll be reading Mark chapter 6, verses 1 to 6, and then through J.C. Ryle's expository thoughts on Mark. Please take a moment to pause and to ask the Holy Spirit to bring understanding and to apply what we hear. Mark, chapter 6, verses 1 to 6. He went away from there and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? What is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown, and among his relatives, and in his own household. And he could not do mighty works there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went about among the villages teaching. This is the word of the Lord. This passage shows our Lord Jesus Christ in his hometown at Nazareth. It is a melancholy illustration of the wickedness of man's heart and deserves special attention. We see in the first place how apt men are to undervalue things with which they are familiar. The men of Nazareth were offended at our Lord. They could not think it possible that one who had lived so many years among themselves and whose brothers and sisters they knew could deserve to be followed as a public teacher. Never had any place on earth such privileges as Nazareth. For thirty years the Son of God resided in this town and went to and fro in its streets. For thirty years he walked with God before the eyes of its inhabitants, living a blameless perfect life. But it was all lost upon them. They were not ready to believe the gospel when the Lord came among them and taught in their synagogue. They would not believe that one whose face they knew so well and who would live so long eating and drinking and dressing like one of themselves had any right to claim their attention, they were offended at him. There is nothing in all this that needs surprise us. The same thing is going on around us every day in our own land. The holy scriptures, the preaching of the gospel, the public ordinances of religion, the abundant means of grace that England enjoys are continually undervalued by English people. They are so accustomed to them that they do not know their privileges. It is a dreadful truth that in religion, more than anything else, familiarity breeds contempt. There is comfort in this part of our Lord's experience for some of the Lord's people. There is comfort for faithful ministers of the gospel who are cast down by the unbelief of their parishioners or regular hearers. There is comfort for true Christians who stand alone in their families and see all around them cleaving to the world. Let both remember that they are drinking the same cup as their beloved master. Let them remember that he too was despised most by those who knew him best. Let them learn that the utmost consistency of conduct will not make others adopt their views and opinions any more than it did the people of Nazareth. Let them know that the sorrowful words of their Lord will generally be filled in the experience of his servants. A prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown and among his relatives and in his own household. We see in the second place, how humble was the rank of life with which our Lord condescended to occupy before he began his public ministry. The people of Nazareth said to him in contempt, is this not the carpenter? This is a remarkable expression and is only found in the Gospel of Mark. It shows us plainly that for the first 30 years of his life, our Lord was not ashamed to work with his own hands. There is something marvelous and overwhelming in the thought. He who made heaven and earth and sea and all that is in them, he, without whom nothing was made that was made, the Son of God himself, took on him the form of a servant, and by the sweat of his brow ate food as a working man. This is indeed That love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor. Both in life and death he humbled himself, that through him sinners might live and reign for evermore. Let us remember when we read this passage that there is no sin in poverty. We never need to be ashamed of poverty unless our own sins have brought it upon us. We never ought to despise others because they are poor. It is disgraceful to be a gambler, or a drunkard, or a covetous man, or a liar. But it is no disgrace to work with our own hands, and earn our own bread by our own labor. The thought of the carpenter's shop at Nazareth should cast down the high thoughts of all who make an idol of riches. It cannot be dishonorable to occupy the same position as the Son of God, the Savior of the world. We see in the last place how exceedingly sinful is the sin of unbelief. Two remarkable expressions are used in teaching this lesson. One, that our Lord could do no mighty work at Nazareth by reason of the hardness of people's hearts. The other is that he was amazed at their unbelief. The one shows us that unbelief has a power to rob men of the highest blessings. The other shows that it is so suicidal and unreasonable a sin that even the Son of God regards it with surprise. We can never be too much on our guard against unbelief. It is the oldest sin in the world. It began in the Garden of Eden when Eve listened to the devil's promises instead of believing God's words, You shall die. It is the utmost ruinous of all sins in its consequences. It brought death into the world. It kept Israel for 40 years out of Canaan. It is the sin that especially fills hell. He that believes not shall be damned. It is the most foolish and inconsistent of all sins. It makes a man refuse the plainest evidence, shut his eyes against the clearest testimony, and yet believe lies. Worst of all, it is the commonest sin in the world. Thousands are guilty of it on every side in profession, they are Christians. They know nothing of pain and Voltaire, but in practice, they are really unbelievers. They do not implicitly believe the Bible and receive Christ as their Saviour. Let us watch our own hearts carefully in the matter of unbelief. The heart, and not the head, is the seat of its mysterious power. It is neither the lack of evidence, nor the difficulties of Christian doctrine that make men unbelievers. It is the lack of will to believe. They love sin. They are wedded to the world. In this state of mind, they never lack hollow reasons to confirm their will. The humble, childlike heart is the heart that believes. Let us go on watching our hearts even after we have believed. The root of unbelief is never entirely destroyed. We have only to leave off watching and praying, and a noxious crop of unbelief will soon spring up. No prayer is so important as that of the disciples. Lord, increase our faith. That is the end of Rao's expository thoughts for these verses. Let us carefully consider what we have heard today. May the Lord be pleased to bring the growth for His glory. In considering what we've just heard, would you perfectly ask yourself and others the following questions? First, are we overly familiar with the truths of God's word? Do we hear about a crucified Savior and are left without being affected? Second, do we despise or think less of those who are poor or have less than we do? And third, how humbling but helpful to remember that unbelief is never entirely destroyed in this life. Are we aware of how prevalent unbelief is, not only in our heads but in our hearts and in how we live day by day? Is the exhortation to watch and pray against unbelief surprising to us? Or are we daily aware of our need for God's grace to believe and walk in the truth? Have we seen our need and ask the Lord to increase our faith.